Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic adult and child psychiatrist. In anticipation of the new year, in this episode, I'll be previewing 10 topics that I look forward to sharing in the coming months. I'm also sharing a poem I wrote for my daughter when she was little called Follow the Energy. And so if you're reading this in newsletter form, the newsletter is titled Following the Energy into 2024. So number one, how having our head on straight impacts our mental health. The atlas bone is our highest vertebra and sits between our head or skull and the rest of our spine. Its position matters a lot. There are a number of factors beyond physical trauma to the head or neck that can impact the position of the atlas. In this future episode, I'll be talking about the relationship between upper cervical instability, so instability at the atlas, our posture, the vagus nerve, inflammation, and brain symptoms. I'll also talk about how such issues are diagnosed and treated. Speaking of structural issues, number two, the relationship between hypermobility, so this could be flexibility or being double-jointed, and brain health. Our connective tissue is what holds us together. Our joints, including that joint at at our upper cervical spine, it holds together our organs, our blood vessels, our skin. It is a factor in dislocated joints, but also in hernias, varicose veins, and in our wound healing. Though Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, or EDS, which is a hereditary connective tissue disorder, gets a great deal of attention, we don't have to meet criteria for EDS to fall on the hypermobility spectrum. Hypermobility is surprisingly common in those with brain disorders. In an upcoming episode, I'll discuss the many ways that our connective tissue relates to our brain health and how that information can guide treatment. One of those ways is through mast cell activation. This brings me to number three, the many root causes of brain symptoms that intersect with mast cell activation. Mast cells are part of the immune response. They're considered first responders. They're not in the brain, but do communicate with inflammatory cells in the brain called microglial cells. In addition to microglial activation, I'll discuss how mast cells intersect with undermethylation, autoimmunity, mold toxicity, and other biotoxins, pyrrole disorder, upper cervical instability, again, and electromagnetic or EMF hypersensitivity. Number four, common root causes for specific brain disorders. For most people I see or provide consultations for, there appear to be an alignment of multiple root causes of their brain symptoms. Still, there are some conditions and symptoms that are highly associated with specific root causes. What are the most common roots for depression, inattention and hyperactivity, obsessions and compulsions, rage, panic, or other high anxiety states, psychosis, and mania? I look forward to discussing this as well as the limits of current psychiatric research. 
If we were to study how 100 people with depression respond to a particular medication, and we're not considering that 38% are undermethylated, 20% are overmethylated, 17% have copper overload, 15% have pyrrole disorder, and 10% have something else going on, then our results are unlikely to mean very much. Number five, so the fifth topic I look forward to sharing in the future months, recognizing and managing high dopamine states such as hyperfocus and addictive tendencies. In our world of phones and computers, this can be impacting all of us. While hyperfocus can be a strength, it can also keep us in a physiologic stressed state and disconnected from ourselves and others. And it can keep us from paying attention to the bigger picture of the moment, our day, or our lives. This leads me to some right brain topics I also look forward to talking about. Number six, managing our energy and our focus. We can easily fall into a daily routine that isn't working for us or is working against us. If we pull back, we'll notice we have times in our day when our attention and our energy are at their highest, and we have other times when doing less taxing activities makes more sense. We weren't made to go all day long without replenishing our energy. Instead of doing more, there are ways for us to do less but more effectively. I'll be sharing research and examples of how we might think differently about our days and how we use our attention and energy. Number seven, codependency, an invisible chronic stress that can prevent healing and thriving. So our overfunctioning, enabling, or making other people's problems our own deserves multiple newsletters. I do believe we all struggle with this to an extent, especially those of us who are in caregiving roles in our family or in our work. If this resonates for you and you don't want to wait for the newsletter, I recommend the book Codependency No More by Melody Beatty. Having read this three times, I'm hoping Melody Beatty will write codependent just a little bit more for those of us who keep finding that we have more to do to rewire these neurologic pathways. Number eight, the neuroplasticity of spiritual growth. By this, I mean we can make simple, intentional, and incremental changes in how we live and experience our lives, if not to feel more wonder and joy than to simply lower our stress. Media, marketing, and modern life can easily train our brain to attend to all the negatives. A simple gratitude practice, on the other hand, trains our brain to notice the positive aspects of our lives. But gratitude is just one example that I'll talk about. Here's another. Number nine, getting okay with uncertainty. Life is full of uncertainty. However we try to control and grasp and cling to what we think needs to happen, Life will show us otherwise. The best we can do is to learn, so rewire our brains, in such a way that we can be at peace with that reality. As with gratitude, we can do some simple spiritual strength training here. I'll explain how I work on this personally. No less important to lowering our stress response is the last topic I'll list in this 10, learning to listen to ourselves. If we're not regularly checking in with our inner wisdom, inner compass, soul, or whatever we want to call it, 
we can waste our precious days and precious years following someone else's roadmap. This, too, translates to stress in our bodies. I've long felt this ability to listen inwardly is essential when it comes to well-being, so much so that I wrote this poem for my daughter when she was four. Follow the energy for Sophie. If today I die, I want you to know to follow the energy wherever it goes. Everyone's is different, that's part of the trick. Follow theirs and you will be sick. You may have a thought, an urge, or a drive. You must pay attention, it'll keep you alive. It might be a song that's stuck in your head. Play it again, hear what it said. It might be a feeling when you pick up that book. Turn every page, there's reason to look. You may have to go to the ends of the earth. You won't have a choice if it's calling you forth. You have an old dream you have to explore. You get just one life. Go through that door. At times you'll be wrong, you'll hurt, and you'll cry. Live out your moments, don't let them pass by. And know as you search for that which is true, I live in your heart, I'm always with you. Your passion is there, it wants to be found. Don't ever settle your feet on the ground. I hope the same for you in 2024. For those interested in checking out a few samples of the midweek paid newsletter, I've unpaywalled a couple of my favorites, a different kind of goal setting for the new year, and essentialism in health and healing. Of course, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you would need to go to my newsletter at CourtneySnyderMD.com or holistic psychiatry newsletter on Substack. So until 2024, which I really do like the sound of, take care.